Welcome, Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this morning. It is an unbelievably glorious Wednesday morning. It's about 45 degrees right now. On our way to the mid-70s, and then tomorrow, 80, Friday, 85, Saturday, we might even get up close to 90 degrees. It, it's fun to live in Utah's Dixie, isn't it? Got a special guest today, an interesting uh, situation here. But Tim Alders is here. Tim is a nationally, he's been a national talk radio. He's a, a politician. He's run for Congress. Can you hear me, Tim? You cannot hear me? Uh, all right. Uh, Allison, we can get Allison to come in here and make sure your headset is working. Try the other. There should be another headset right there. Maybe you can hear that. This other is all I hear is music. Oh, okay. A button got pushed. All right. Let's get it uh, back so he can hear. Can you hear me now, Tim? Nope. No, you cannot hear me. Mm, all right. Uh, we might have to just bring you in this studio if, if things aren't working. Try that other headset. See if that one works. Oh, we're back. We're back. All right. He's here. Yay. Tim is here. <laughs> I, I made everything difficult in high school for you, too. So it's <laughs> no, no problem. I do it here. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say before we had some head, headset problems. Tim and I uh, actually lived in the same neighborhood. We were just a couple of blocks apart back in the, the uh, early 80s. Uh, and, uh, Tim and I, you say you made things difficult. We just weren't, you and I were not, I wouldn't call us buddies. We were, we hung out together sometimes. We did some church stuff together, but for the most part, we had our own separate, uh, uh, uh friend group. Is that fair to say? Yeah. We had our own separate lives. We, we, we yeah. both were heading in different directions at the time. <laughs> My dad was, uh, was Bishop of the West Jordan first ward back at the time. And, uh, Tim was a, a challenging young man. He was uh, not a party guy, I don't think, but you just you, you weren't re- that interested in religion at the time. No, I was a party guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Call it what it is, Andy. I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to be it. nice. <laughs> trying to be nice. So I enjoyed uh, life. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and anyway, uh, fast forward now, uh, we both graduated high school. Uh, I had my life. I, you know, it sent me to New Jersey and I, where I found a wife and I uh, lived in Idaho, lived in northern Utah, lived in southern Utah. Uh, and uh, I, you and I have a mutual friend. His name is Dwayne Vance. Uh, Dwayne and I uh, uh, played a little football together. Dwayne was a tight end on the football team. And uh, Dwayne is a big Ute fan. And when I was sports editor of the paper here in town, I needed somebody to write about the Utes. And so uh, uh, Dwayne and I had become Facebook friends, and I, uh, I said, hey, Dwayne, I know you're a huge Ute fan. You, you think you'd want to write a column. Now, Dwayne's a lawyer and pretty smart guy, and it turns out he's a pretty good writer, too. And uh, he, we, I got him uh, on board writing about the Utes, a, a column called Bleeding Red. And uh, the, we had a BYU columnist. He wrote the, his column was called Blue Blood. And so they kind of went together. It was kind of a cool little thing we had going. But uh, Dwayne was, uh, you and Dwayne have been friends a while, right? I mean, uh, when did you reconnect after high school? Probably about 25 years ago. Okay. And uh, we've traveled the country to Ute Games, to the Sugar Bowl, Fiesta So you're Bowl. a big Ute fan as well? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, uh, big Kyle Whittingham fan then, right? Urban Meyer and, and, and those, those types. I, I just enjoy college football. It's nice. just college football is different than pro to me. It's just enjoyable. It's fun to go. The atmosphere, the energy that you get, it's just an exciting experience when you travel with friends. Before we launch into the political stuff, let's talk about that real quick. Um, they're talking about now paying college football players and making them semi-professionals. Is that going to ruin college sports? It will. It will. I, anytime you bring money into anything, smaller schools can't compete. 
Yeah. Uh, in that situation, the Utes never would have made it to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, now in the Pac-12, they might be able to compete. But when you get alumni, billionaires that go to yeah. your school that will slip somebody money and pay a program, it's just it, – it unbalances everything because there's no salary cap like there is in the NFL or the NBA. It's whatever schools can afford. And I don't think state-funded should pay athletes. We're paying them hundreds of thousands for an education. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Although some of them, LeBron James, had like skipped education, went straight to the pros. But uh, I, I am I am scared for college sports because I feel like 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 you do that. Once we start throwing money at it and these kids get paid to play, uh, we're going to lose what we have. And I love I'm like you. I love college sports, so it's a shame. It, it, it is, and it's also scary how they're using sports now to politicize everything in the world. Let us just enjoy our sports, the one thing that unites us, and stop trying to divide us even with that. Now, Tim, uh, when did you – it's so funny because I, I, I read I, – I skimmed your book. I'm not going to say I read every word, but I skimmed your book. Uh, there's a lot of religion in your book, which surprised me a lot, knowing the, the, the last time you and I were – and any kind of conversation was like 1983, and there was no religion in your life that I could tell. So to, to read your book and find all this religious stuff, I'm like, when did this happen? What's going on with Tim Alders? So I actually ended up marrying my high school sweetheart a couple years after high school. She was a little younger. We got married in the temple. What was her name? Uh, Lori. Lori. Alders. Lori. Well, before she was Larry, Lori Halls. Oh, okay. I don't because I, I, we went to high school together. I was trying to think. Yeah, she was her. two years younger than us. I, I don't think I knew her. Yeah, and I just, you know, when I first started radio, I was going to leave religion out. Just I didn't want. I'm not the type of person to force religion. You know me. Half my family's religious, half isn't. Right. Uh, but it it kept coming back to, I love history and I love the founding fathers. And the more I, I delved into. Uh, their methods, their research into the Constitution, I learned they were all very religious men, yeah. uh, very Christian, and society's trying to take that away. And then I looked at the founding fathers weren't exceptional. They chose to do exceptional things for God. Hmm. And I started to look at, okay, so we only had two choices in life. Either liberty comes from man, and man can take it away, or it comes from God. There's, there's really no other choice out there. So I wanted to take people on the path that the founders took to find God. Fascinating stuff. I had uh, earlier this week, I had a guy on who is a spiritual psychologist, and not the spirit, you know, ghosts and, and paranormal. I'm talking about a guy who integrates religion into his psychology practice in helping people understand a lot of what you're just talking about, how important spirituality and religion is to every day into what we do. One of the things he brought up to me, and I'll get your thoughts on this, Tim. Um, he talked about, you know, the, the, the climate change alarmists out there. People are, oh, you know, the planet's dying and we've got to do all these things. And, and he said, it's a really short sighted. They think they're, they're forward thinkers, but they're really short sighted because if you're a, a climate change apologist, you must believe that there is no afterlife. You must, be, you're trying to save the earth because that's all there is. And for him to bring that up, it, it kind of gave me a new perspective. Well, yeah, that's actually a really good point, because if you believed in an afterlife, that there was something much better than this coming up, then you wouldn't be so caught up in spending every second trying to save the planet, even a planet that's not dying, in my opinion. So, Yeah, you know, and I lost a daughter um, mm -hmm. to a rare genetic heart disease. No, you know, suicide, no drugs. Great girl. And when you lose a daughter, it challenges your faith. Yeah. But if you don't believe that you will be re reunited, there's just nothing. 
you know, I'm, I'm living in a world where everybody hates each other. I'm working to pay taxes. You know, what's the purpose of this life if, the, if there's nothing later? And so a lot of people question me, a lot of people from high school, you know, why do you still believe in God if God was mean enough to take your daughter? And I said, <laughs> well, looking at the world today, I don't know if that was mean. You know, I, uh, she was a person of love and of light, and I get to see her again, and, and that's the faith you have to go with. And so it's just... It's critically thinking and logically thinking. If you look at science, if you look at just the way things are laid out in nature, uh, they just wouldn't have happened by accident. DNA wouldn't have happened by accident. So there's some master architect behind it. Many scientists have even stated that science is actually catching up with religion. So uh, my book is on the political side, since we're such a politicized world, on, on how to decide. Either liberty came from God or it comes from man. If it comes from man, then you have no liberty. You might as well just put the chains on and become slaves to whoever. Let's talk about your book a little bit, Tim. Uh, the book, the name of it is? Origins of Liberty. I'm scroll, scrolling up to the beginning. Cause I, re- I scanned <laughs> most of the book. I got to the bottom, and then I'm like, oh, i got to scroll all the way to the top. I couldn't get the printer to work, by the way, is why, is why I had to read it all, read it all digitally. Uh, Origins of Liberty. Uh, when you talk about the origin of this country, uh, I think even liberals have to admit that this country and its founding was religious in in nature. I mean, the the pop belief, and I, I hope this is true, is that our founding fathers wanted their own country because they were tired of being told what they could and couldn't worship. I think people believe that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how many people that even went to high school with us believe God played no role. Hmm. Many people will say Thomas Jefferson was a deist. Thomas Jefferson was a complicated religious man. Thomas Jefferson believed Jesus was the greatest speaker, greatest theologian of his time. He just believed Jesus was great. What he didn't like is that churches at the time, the Church of England and other churches, were writing the Bible, including all this miracle stuff that he had a hard time proving with his science. So he rewrote the Bible based on just the works of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. He couldn't publish it at the time because anybody who messed with the Bible during that time would have been drawn and quartered. Yeah. But he was a very religious man, sought religion very thoroughly, studied every religion that was out there, believed that it came from a supreme being and supreme power, but he wouldn't say that it went with any one church. Origins of Liberty is a book. Before we get any more into it, how do we get the book if we want a copy of it? Uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, eBay. uh, You can go um, many places. Just Google my name, Tim Alders, and that's with two A's, A-A-L-D-E-R-S, or Origins of Liberty. You'll find it. Uh, You won't find it on social media sites because they've banned the book because of the word liberty. Really? Wow. We'll talk about censorship in a minute, too. Uh, just, just so you're aware, I've been doing ball games. I, I, I've estimated we've, I've done between four and 5,000 uh, football, basketball, baseball games in, in my career broadcasting. And uh, every once in a while, I come across somebody named Alders, A-A-L-D-E-R-S. And I remember the very first time we came across one, my bar- broadcast partner says, how do you say that? And is it Alders? Is it Alders? I said, I know that name because I had a friend back in high school. It was A-A-L-D-E-R-S, Alders. So uh, anyway, yeah, you you helped me a little bit along those lines. More than likely relative because there's not two A Alders that I'm probably not related to. Really? Cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, the book is, is Origins of Liberty. I'm curious before, before we go back into the book, Tim, when, when did you, uh, 
when did you turn the corner? Because you talked about how you were kind of a party guy in high school. Nothing. My my recollection of you was you never were really very serious about anything. Is that is that accurate? My, my biggest ambition in high school was to open a hot dog burger stand on a beach somewhere, drink and meet <laughs> people from all over the country. Really, I had just I wanted to live life free and fun. And mm-hmm. there was a time I was sitting at, and I and I was a mean drunk uh, in high school. I came from European parents, so as long as I didn't end up in jail, it was okay. And there was a party a few months after we graduated, and I was sitting there, and I, I rethought, what am I doing? You know, I'm 18 now, going on 19. I like this girl, but she's very religious. Uh, all my friends, where are we going? And I just quit that day. I walked out, and really? my friends are like, what's going on? And, and like Johnny and Deloy and all those people. And I said, I'm done. I'm done drinking. I'm going to find a better path they in were, life. They were stunned, I'm guessing. Oh, they, they were stunned. Is, Most of them started drinking. drinking because of me. That's nothing to be proud of. <laughs> but uh, I corrupted a lot of lives. And to just walk away from it, they thought I was insane doing it just for a girl. But it wasn't just for a girl. Right. It was I saw my life headed down a dead-end path. Hmm. And I wanted something more. And so I just, it was a switch. I flipped it and just went the other direction. Did, did any of those guys see it? Did they, did they get what you were doing? Most of them didn't stick around. Um, I think most of them thought I'd come back. You know, I, I got a few invites to parties uh, a mm-hmm. few years later. And uh, <laughs> when I didn't show and I was going to church, it just shocked them. I think it disappointed them. I think they didn't understand. They were struggling with uh, their own where they're going in life at that time. I looked at it as I had a lot of fun in high school and in junior high, and now it was time to grow up. And I just chose that path and started studying and researching and getting involved in communities and trying to do what I can to save the world. And that, it amazes me because that was really, I mean, when you talk about I just stopped, that is 180 degrees, exact opposite of what you were before then, right? Yeah, I had, you know, hair halfway down my back, a uh, full beard in high school. Uh, I mean, both me and you were able to grow facial hair in high school. Yes, it, thank uh, goodness. We, we were both tall kids, big kids. For our era, we were massive. We were mm-hmm. monsters. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, I didn't see a good path. You know, I, we mm-hmm. grew up not so wealthy. I lived in the trailer park next to you, five yeah. of us in a two-bedroom trailer. And I saw my older brothers and sisters married, and I saw people, and I just decided I wanted more out of life. And I just reached for it, and I've become a successful land developer, real estate agent, business consultant. Incredible. And uh, ran for high office, U.S. Senator against Mitt Romney. Uh, just, I wish you had won. Yeah, just did a run <laughs> against uh, John Curtis, which I should have won. It was during COVID, which was a bad time, but I reached yeah. out and called every delegate purposely. And then the day of uh, convention, they decided there weren't enough delegates in that district. So they added 200 delegates the day voting started. And I lost by 100 delegates. But those delegates never saw an email from me, never saw a a video, (laughs) never talked to me on the phone. So they just voted the incumbents. So that's how bad our political system is, even here in Utah. we, we talk about some of the – and by the way, I, I found your website, uh, and it's still as if you are running, right? Uh, the, the website is uh, timalders.com. 
but I like some of the tenets that you talk about, uh, your pledge to voters, and I know that you didn't win, but it's still out there. Support President Trump, fight the liberal Democrats as they try to use uh, a worldwide crisis to enact their failed socialist politics. Boy, could we spend a lot of time on that. Uh, ensure the Second Amendment is defended at all costs with no exceptions. A, a big That's a big favorite here on the program here. Uh, protect the unborn and pro-life platform. Uh, that that one actually makes my stomach sick. What uh, what they try to do sometimes, and then stop wasting taxpayers' money. Uh, Joe Biden won, and I don't know. I mean, we can go. We could spend a lot of time on whether that was legitimate, and 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 you know the, all the voting stuff that happened and everything. But the truth of the matter is, right now, Joe Biden is the president, and 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 so we have to we have to live with that. But that last sentence: stop wasting taxpayers' money by ending reckless spending by Congress and bring our nation back to long-term fiscal health. That is exactly opposite of what has happened here in the last two months. And it's actually criminal. I ask people all the time. Most people know the Federalist Papers, but they don't know the Anti-Federalist. And any real, true conservative conservative would be an Anti-Federalist, like Alexander Hamilton and George mm-hmm. Mason. Well, Robert Sherman, Colonel Robert Sherman. Um, they proposed amendments that, that uh, 139 that would have been in the Bill of Rights. And then wow. they selected 10, 12, and then they went to 10. But one of those amendments that was submitted by most of the anti-federalist states were that any politician that ever leverages the credit of future generations to put our nation in debt should be charged with treason. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. So Exactly. So and and it's funny because at the time I wrote that I was running against Mitt Romney, and the crisis of COVID hit, and I said they'll use false crises to uh, divide a nation. Now you say we have a president in the White House. I actually worked in seven states on the Trump campaign investigating fraud with the Trump attorneys. Mm-hmm. So Biden's not my president. Will never be. I sat there and watched Democrats for four years say Trump's not my president. I I. I believe that it was stolen. I seen it. I witnessed it with my own eyes. I don't care what anybody says. The evidence was out there. Courts just refused to see it. Uh, we allowed them to steal the highest office, and we'll never get it back. Washington's lost. What can we do, though, Tim? I mean, you you say that, and it scares me, and I'm worried, and I'm concerned. But can we do anything about it? Well, this is where I'm going to bring you back to a religious perspective, okay. because growing up in the religion that we we are, which we're uh, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, Mormons, LDS, however you want to phrase it. Right. Uh, we were taught at one point we were the children of the last days, if you remember that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's really scary. Well, if that was true, things weren't going to get better, correct? Correct. Um, our nation has to collapse, and then it has to be restored. So what I'm telling people now is take back your states and do what Texas is doing. We need a divorce. I have never seen more hatred in our nation um, and, and I don't call it systematic racism or anything like that. It's just hatred. People yeah. hate each other. And they allow things to divide them. They allow government to utilize things to divide us. So it's time to divide. Everybody agrees. Our nation wanted to end the Soviet bloc. They wanted to bring down the German wall. They've put weapons in the hands of children in the Middle East to overthrow Gaddafi and Assad. Uh, yet, when it comes to our own Second Amendment rights and our own overthrowing tyranny, they say, no, no, that's where we have to end it. But that, that's not true. We need a peaceful divorce first. We need to get governors and state legislatures to say we're done with this compact. Uh, this, this was a compact, not a contract, just because Abraham Lincoln violated the Constitution to hold our country together. 
you can argue that at that time it was better because people were still nation building the France, Germany, you know, France, England would have tried to take us over. Uh, but the fact of the matter is there's Christians and then there's atheists, there's liberals and there's conservatives. We're pretty divided among states. They'd have ports. We'd have Florida and Texas. They'd have California. It, it's time for states to start going their own direction like the Soviet bloc did. Is that realistic? Is it possible? It's possible. It's legal. But scholars will on the left will argue that it's not uh, ability. There's no ability to do it. But uh, if there was a big enough movement in, in states like Utah, Idaho joined Texas, uh, it would either get people to start realizing that government comes from the people and comes from God or that it comes from them and they're going to try to hold it together with force. Now, Tim, what you're talking about is is a fundamental break of, to, uh, of who we are and what we are. And quite frankly, it's hard. And, and I know there are a lot of people, we all have our regular lives and we go to work and we get our paycheck and we, maybe we have a hot tub and we go you know, to, to Cabo when, uh, in the summer. Uh, all that stuff you're talking about means complacency is over, that, that we've we got to stop you know, just living our lives the regular way. It sounds hard, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I guess you got to decide what legacy you want for your kids and grandkids. Okay. And we are a family-oriented nation for the most part. And do you want to sit with a grandchild on your lap when you're old and, and have the grandchild say, Dad, why are we all slaves to government? Mm. Well, I had a hot tub, and I wanted to go to Cabo, and I didn't want to get involved. <laughs> or, yeah. or do you want to say, I did everything I could, and I tried, and I was unsuccessful, but the fight's still going on. What we've done, the legacy we've let our children inherit from us, what we've allowed college professors to teach anti-American principles, it, that's all on us. We can't blame government. We can't blame our Republicans who fail us. We can't blame our Democrats. It's all on us. We've allowed government to utilize social issues to divide us with hate and go about our own lives to earn that paycheck and this is what the Anti-Federalists feared. This is the warning. They, they predicted a collapse of the American society because the people would get lazy. His book is Origins of Liberty. I've got to get a commercial break in him, here, Tim. You're a longtime radio guy. You know about that stuff. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more with Tim. We'll take your phone calls, too, 673-5890. Uh, text line is 435-467-5842. We'd love to hear from you on the program today. Tim is not chicken. He'll take whatever question you have out there, and, uh, and he'll do his best to answer it. Andy Griffin with you live, the Andy Griffin Show, every morning, 9 to 10 a.m. right here on KDX. I'm honored to have Tim Alders on as my guest today. Tim is uh, much traveled. He's a guy, he's a scholar, which, like I said, in high school, if somebody said Tim Alders scholar, I'd have been like, what? No, not not Tim. <laughs> but Tim uh, one day uh, had, uh, would we call it an epiphany or just a decision, Tim? To I would say an epiphany. Okay, yeah. I like it. Uh, by the way, uh, if you want to text, I've got a couple of texts already, uh, people weighing in. Uh, it's 435-467-5842, or you can call and be on the show, 435-673-5890. Uh, tell me about this book, The Origins of Liberty, uh, how it came to be. I, I'm an author. I'm an aspiring author. Uh, I, I, want, I work fiction stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, strong enough or, or, or smart enough to do a, a nonfiction book like you did. But what was, the, what was the inspiration for the book, and what was the process like for you, Tim? 
Well, I'm actually in the process of writing seven books. One is a science fiction. So uh, my mind works in a very creative way. And when I really started researching the collapse of the economy, everything back in 2008, 2007, I'm like, people are forgetting this country. And you know my parents were immigrants. My parents immigrated here from Holland. I did not know that. Yeah, never U.S. citizens. Both my parents were in concentration camps in Holland. Really? My mother, they considered her black, shaved her, tattooed her head. And so when my mother was passing away in 2010, she said, son, you have a big mouth. You're on the radio. Uh, she's like, you don't back down from people. You need to wake people up because this is what we saw happening in Europe when the, when the Germans came. Wow. And that really hit home with me. So I started, you know, being on the radio, you meet interesting people from all over the country, all over the world. So I met a lot of scholars, the, the scholars that helped Cleon Skousen uh, research his books, even though all his books are published with Cleon. In mine, you see, I credit uh, certain people who did the research. The last of those researchers died in their 80s about eight months ago. Very good mentors of me. Hmm. And they handed me years of their research. And then on top of years of my research, um, I, I sat down in two weeks and wrote Origins of Liberty. And it, it wasn't me writing it. I feel, you know, and many people have said it was needed at this time. Uh, people need to wake up and remember what the whole purpose, the concept behind this country was, they had to walk the path the founders found during the Enlightenment era and find where your individual liberty comes from. And so this is what I'm trying to do, simplify it and help people know where our founders found individual liberty. Know what French scholars said about America at the time we came about. And, and try and do it in a simple enough format that you can teach your children. Because this is what we have neglected, uh, teaching patriotic values and the importance of America to our children. And, and America's played a, a critical role for people trying to escape socialism for decades. And now people from socialist nations look at America and say they have no more freedom than we do. Yeah. You know, they don't want to come from Europe anymore to America. They still want to come from Venezuela or these places that are just Guatemala, horrific. Yeah. But they don't try to build balloons and sail a wall over Germany anymore. They're, they're not, you know... Disney wrote movies on people's journey to America, right. and now going to America is no different than going to Sweden or Holland. And that's terrifying because we were supposed to be a beacon of light where everybody could, could gain their God-given liberties, but we failed. There, there's been a, a Facebook clip going or a clip on Facebook going around for probably 10 years ago uh, now. It's from a movie. I don't know the movie. Uh, and and uh, one of the one of the actors is, is asked as a part of this panel, why is America the greatest country in the world? And his response is, well, we're 23rd in this and we're 52nd in this. America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. Tim, is America the greatest country still? And if it's not, uh, what are the big problems and what can we do? Well, the biggest problems with America is we built other nations. We allowed China into the World Trade Organization. We shipped off all our manufacturing to a country who had lower values on their citizens than we did, mm. who would use children to manufacture things, who would pollute the air without any care. We did the same thing in India. And so we created all these people, and we told our children – you know, you don't want a blue-collar job. You don't want to go to the to warehouse and work a swing shift or a graveyard or morning and go home and, and crack open a barbecue and make 40 bucks an hour. You have to be the boss. 
and you deserve to be the boss. So we've taken a work ethic out of a generation that the greatest generation, 1942, who converted all our factories into war-making support. And we've given that to the nation and said, here, you guys manufacture and create, and we'll be dependent upon you. And once you become dependent upon somebody else, you become slaves to somebody else. Isn't that the truth? A couple of texts. Let's go, uh, go over them. And again, if you want to call 673-5890, uh, first one says, I want to thank, just want to thank Tim for all that he did to try to get President Trump reelected because President Trump was the only hope we had. And now we don't have him. I, for one, am very sad that we don't have him as president. Interesting comment there. Huh? And then uh, this one. Good morning. Uh, Tim, are you planning to run for Senate against Mitt Romney in 22? Well, I've left the website up for a reason. I've left my whole <laughs> staff in place. Um, I don't know if Mitt's going to run. I think his son Josh is going to run. Really? Um, uh, it is interesting to know that I am disappointed with most of our Congress people, too. And, and I don't believe they're saving Washington, but I believe somebody needs to stand on the floor of the senator house and tell them how corrupt and how um, illegal they've been, why they haven't been prosecuted for Section 5 of U.S. Code or Section 8 of U.S. Code. They violate it daily, and I can tell you what those are. But the one who said about Trump, and people have to understand this wasn't about Trump. What they feared about Trump was that he could snap his fingers and get millions of patriots to show up like no other president before. This was about removing us from somebody who could lead us and organize us and unite us. So we have to unite ourselves. We have to find ways to gather every patriotic person in our community, teach the Constitution in our community, fight for our community, then link up with other communities and do it without President Trump. Uh, He'll be back. I believe he's going to run for Congress in 2022. I still talk to uh, uh, Donald Jr. and others, and then I believe he could become Speaker of the House. Um, big rumors on that and then a rerun in 2024 or one of his kids. So, wow. Wow. Congress. Do you think he'll run for president again? Uh, I think he's getting old. He said he will in 2024, but a lot's going to depend on the midterms, um, on his decision-making. So I've talked to people in his inner circle because I worked in his inner circle and they say it, it really depends on if Republicans can take back Um, the House and Senate in 2022 and be strong enough. So he'll see how much his voice weighs as he goes around in 2022 and supports uh, stronger conservative candidates throughout the country. Let's talk about a couple of issues that have been really hot buttons lately. Uh, You know, and and I'll just get your take and, uh, you know, people can take it for what it's worth. But I think it's very fascinating to to get a guy who's kind of an insider in politics to talk about these things, or maybe you're an outsider. I'm not sure which one you are. Uh, But anyway, depends uh, who you ask. Right. Uh, masks and COVID-19 and government controlling people. This is a giant topic, and I don't, I don't want to spend the rest of the show on it, but just maybe give me your take for a minute or two on, on that whole topic. I'm not a COVID doubter, and I'm not an anti-vaccine person, but I am a very research person. And if you researched the 1976 swine flu MNRA vaccine that they did and epically failed and see why they gave immunity, I will not put anything in my body that nobody's taken liability for. Um, I believe COVID's out there, but we have countries that are um, weaponizing flu vaccines for years and flu uh, strains. And our government's not the best government in the world. What I would say about the mask and everything like that is we sold our liberty for a 33-cent paper mask. Mm, Um, Because if you read the Koran and you study Muslim religions, the reason they want women to wear masks is because when your mouth is covered, you're silenced. 
and you become a lower society. And they've used that to divide us like the Germans divided people during World War II to where we now turn on our neighbor because they're not wearing a mask. We don't know if they have health issues. We don't know. We don't care. It's like they've convinced us that that's the way to go, and there's no science that really backs it up. And, in fact, Fauci has said masks were useless and masks were good. Change his mind. Didn't so it's, it's one of those things. Just respect your neighbors. If somebody wants to wear a mask, that's what personal liberty is. You might be disappointed that they are, but it's still their choice. Right. Good call on that one. Uh, real quick, though, uh, President Biden, uh, as it were, he has said we need to keep our mask on. There's a vaccine of the, uh, the, the uh, COVID is going down, but you still should wear them. What can we make of this? I mean, should we be defiant? Um, I believe in um, being defiant. I believe our founding fathers were. I don't believe that even comes from Biden. Unfortunately, they put somebody with heavy dementia in the White House. Yes, they did. So I believe it's the puppet masters who want to control us that are saying this. Um, 47 years of doing nothing in the White House in, in Washington. I'm not going to take his word on this. This was all to get Kamala Harris as president. Um, you believe what you need to believe. You either believe that you need to wear a mask and you continue to wear one, or you believe you don't and you fight for the right not to. Uh, that's what personal liberty is. Only 3% stood up against the English. I'm gonna. I gotta get a break, a short break, one minute break in here, and then I'm gonna throw a curveball at you, Tim. Can you hit a curve? Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. Uh, chance to thank Joe Shoney. He is a sponsor of the show. Has been since I've been on the show. He is a loan consultant with an average uh, rating of 4.96 out of five stars online. Give Joe a call today at four three five five nine zero sixty three hundred. We'll be back in a minute with more from Tim Alders. I promised only 60 seconds. That's all it was. Thanks for staying with us here on the Andy Griffin Show. Tim Alder's with me today. Tim is a, a, a kind of a heavy hitter when it comes to politics, and I really appreciate Tim uh, spending time with us. He's in town for, I guess there's a fundraiser dinner tonight. Is Last night. I did a speech last night. last night in Santa Clara. So How was that? Did, 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 it was fun. Great turnout. They raised some money to support local candidates because I guess every mayor in this area is up for re-election and two city council people. And uh, the Founding Fathers, the Anti-Federalists, wanted people changed quickly and often. So uh, I, I say look for newer options. Here's the curveball I'm going to throw at you. You ready? Yeah. Uh, in St. George, you've probably heard a little bit about this, but in St. George, uh, they're talking. They've already changed the hospital. It's private. They, they changed the name from Dixie Regional to St. George Area Hospital. They're now talking about changing the name of the university from Dixie because Dixie is, in their minds, inherently racist. Uh, and, so the woke culture, the cancel culture, is telling us that Dixie, the Dixie spirit that is alive here in this town, is inherently in and of itself racist. Uh, your thoughts on the topic? Just off, off the cuff, I haven't prepped you or anything for this. You know, uh, people don't understand the Civil War. They don't understand what really happened. They don't understand the South were seeking votes for slaves. And the reason the North really fought the South is because if the South would have got a one-third vote for every slave they had, they would have had more votes than the, than the North would have had. Hmm. And the North relied on cotton and industry, and so they were putting pressure on the South, and the South said, well, we're just going to you know, do the compact, what's allowed under the Constitution, and secede. And Abraham Lincoln at that time said, we can't survive as the North without the Midwest and without these Southern states, so they started a war. Uh, the term Dixie was a proud term um, for Texas when they fought at the Alamo. It was a proud term for people 
to stand up in the heart of Dixie. Uh, the meaning goes well beyond any hatred. You can associate hate with anything. And that's what the politicians on the right and left want us to do, is they want us to look and cancel because they want to actually cancel the Constitution. They want to cancel God. They want to cancel family. So by allowing them these steps in like the Washington Redskins, I'll always call them the Redskins. You know, the Utes, the Ute Indian tribes are proud of that heritage. Right. It's, it's the white people that are buying into the hatred, into this race incentive that they have to get rid of Dixie. And I believe once we start walking and erasing our history, then they can rewrite history however they want. And I'm proud of the school of Dixie here. I'm proud of the term Dixie yeah. because I understand the history behind it. I'm not proud of slavery, but there's been more white slaves throughout history than there have been blacks, more Irish, more Chinese. So if we want to start repairing everything we've done to every race in the world, we're in trouble. A couple of texts. My son, my son just texted me and said, "This guy is awesome." So way to go, Tim! You won my twenty-nine-year-old son over. Sweet. Right off the bat, uh, another text, and I'm actually reading this cold. I have not pre-read this. Uh, With all this new woke culture coming into this country, it seems as though they don't want anyone to emulate any other culture in this country. It seems like we have gone from being the great melting pot to now being defined by our ethnicity. Is the is this country falling into a type of tribalism culture because of the wokes? Isn't that what happened in the Americas around 30 A.D.? What are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, my parents raised me to just call myself an American. They never used Dutch American. My dad said he came here for freedom, so you're an American. Even though I have a green card, that's how they raised me. Government wants us to use the term African-American or Latin American, and they want to do these black history months. We should teach history because of the importance of history, no matter what race or what color. And unless we can unite and just be Americans without allowing them to separate us by skin or by sex or by all these other things they want to, we will be conquered because we'll conquer ourselves. So, yes, this woke is a designed Marxist plan to divide us as a nation and take our focus off what they're doing to our children's future and the debt that they're amassing and the guns they want to seize and everything else they want to do to secure their hold of power over our nation. By the way, 170 years ago, the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints sent some families down to settle this area. Imagine, Tim, this area without any of the green. They show up on this valley, and there's, it's 108 degrees in, in July, and there, there's one little teeny trickle of a river coming through, and your leaders are telling you, yeah, settle this area. Grow some cotton. Uh, that's, to me, that's a lot of what the Dixie spirit is as we go back to that, is, is people who took pretty much what looked like insurmountable odds and, and made it work. I would have got on my horse and went back and said, yeah. dude, you're, you're, you're a little crazy, yeah. especially at my younger age. But that's what all of America is, though, traveling west, getting up and moving. You know, you look at what the church had did in winter quarters. They built cities overnight. by helping each other. And we build a nation by helping each other. And government now doesn't want us to help each other. They want us to hate each other. And when government starts to do that, if you're a logical, intelligent thinker, you should ask why and not attack your neighbor because they won't wear a mask. In in Origins of Liberty, you actually quote some scripture in in portions of the book. Uh, I think a lot of people will grab the book and they'll go, all right, this is hardcore, you know, conservative, uh, constitutional uh, a book, and then they start flipping through, and you start quoting the Bible, and you start start talking about Jesus Christ and stuff. Uh, 
is that going to turn some people off? And if it does, do you care? No, because the book was written two-thirds of what the founders found in the Enlightenment period and two-thirds of what they did, they took out of the Bible. So if, if you have an issue with uh, the Bible, then you have an issue with freedom and you have an issue with the founding fathers because every letter from all 55 signers of the Declaration of Independence credited the Bible in one way or another and credited God with the founding of this nation. And schools, teachers, and politicians want us to forget that because if they can remove God, if they can remove family, then they can remove freedom. For the first time ever in this country, there are more atheists than any other single religion in this country. I think it's 31% of people now in America claim to be atheistic. Uh, why, Tim, and what can we do about it? It's because liberal college professors, they spend more time with teachers who are teaching them anti-God, anti-religion, than they do with family teaching them. Because like you said, we're busy. We're working. We get in the hot tub. We get home at night. And we're like, I just want to relax. I don't want to have a conversation about the Constitution and God with my kids. That's for Sunday. But then we got to realize we're putting up three hours, four hours of religion against five days a week, eight hours a day of schools teaching anti-religion. So either self-educate your kids, pull them out of schools, which government doesn't want, or you're going to have to subsidize and have your kids stand up to teachers, which is a scary thing to challenge a teacher who has your grade. Uh, you know, hey, I'll give you an F if you challenge me and make me look stupid. But right. educating yourself is the most important, and that's part of the reason I wrote this book. Boy, I, I like what you said, too. We, have, we talk about this stuff with our kids. If you're a great parent, you're doing it an hour a day. Uh, if you're a, an average parent, probably two or three hours on Sunday, you're talking religion and, and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, the rest of the time, they have a hold of our kids, especially when you get to the junior high, then the high school and the college level. And I'm seeing it in my own family. My, my you know, one of my kids is like, ah, I don't know anymore, Dad. I mean, you know, they said at school this and they said at school that. And, and you know, I'm to the point like, Wait a minute! I thought I did everything right, Tim. I, I thought I was I thought I was good, but it, maybe not. Well, that's the problem. They say at school, they don't prove it at school. Uh, they're no longer teaching facts to our children; they're teaching opinion. And the best way is to go through facts. That's what I did with my kids. Well, read this letter from Thomas Jefferson. Everybody's saying he's a deist. Read this and tell me if you believe he's a deist. Read this. But they're making it even harder to find that stuff. Yeah. You have to go to Library of Congress and find it on on microfilm. Because the letters of Thomas Jefferson have been annihilated and wiped off the Internet. John Adams, Robert Sherman. I mean, most co people who call themselves constitutional scholar, and they call me Mr. Constitution across the, wor the world now, most constitutional scholars don't even know about the Anti-Federalist Papers and why they're so important. And the word anti is so negative, yeah. but they were anti a strong central government. And look where we are today with a government that controls us. And a government that's trying to get us addicted to things like, uh, well, free health care, free food, free whatever, you know. So I, I know where you're coming from, Tim. Um, what was it? I mean, we're down to, man, the last four minutes or so. Uh, what was your overall overreaching goal? You already talked about it a little bit with this book. If, if I were to take the book and you say, man, I want you to take this one thing from Origins of Liberty, what would it be? It's the introduction. It's where I tell people that if we don't, in mass, move back towards God and back towards the principles that made this nation, there's no restoring this nation. There's no fulfilling God's prophecy about a restoration of the Constitution.
because the the politicians aren't going to do it. Nobody else is going to come in from throughout the world and do it. If we don't in mass wake up and start learning what the founding fathers learned and walking their path towards enlightenment, then we'll never we'll never fulfill biblical prophecy. Is it too late? No. No, no, it's too late for Washington, D.C., but it's not too late for individual states, for individual people. Um, you know, there were people when the Germans occupied that still lived free and still tried to save people. So uh, small groups of people gathered together can, can accomplish amazing things uh, because they're fighting for the one thing that they respect more than anything else, freedom. And when you're fighting for power and one side's fighting for freedom, freedom will always win out. All right, what's what's the future for Tim Alders? We're down to two minutes left. Tim, I mean, uh, running for office, uh, putting out more books. You said you're working on, was it seven books? Seven books. Seven. The, the, the one I'm working on right now is America's Final Revolution, How We've Lost America, The Day America Died. Mm. Uh, the revolution happened. It's the socialist revolution. Um, I'm thinking about running for Chris Stewart up here in Congress, um, voting for the NDAA, voting to take away our civil liberties. Um, I own property in this district. Uh, people in St. George have begged me for years to stand up to Chris. Um, we, we'll see um, how much support, how many people will get involved and become delegates because that's how you win in the state. Um, I've still left an open run for Senate. I'm teaching the Constitution across the country. I'm invited to go teach it in Pakistan. So we'll see. My my goal is to reach as many people as I can with the message of liberty and freedom and and not back down because government tells me to and see what happens. It seems like to me, I mean, there's a scale of, of politicians in Utah that we go from Mike Lee on one end to maybe Mitt Romney on the other end, uh, with all due respect to the Democrats. So uh, is it a matter now of choosing which one is, is the worst and trying to make a run against them? Or It, it is. And, and even Mike Lee, when he first ran, he said he wasn't going to go more than 12 years. And Mike Lee made a lot of promises about ending things, but he hasn't proposed legislation. And they'll all, all tell you that we don't propose legislation because we can't win the fight. It's not about winning the fight. It's about fighting. It's about standing up and waking up more and more people to that fight. So not writing the legislation to stop debt, to, to um, get our liberties back, to end you know, the AA is just as bad because you can talk a good game, but it's not your words that define you. It's your actions. And most politicians, even the conservative ones, lack action. Wow. It's not your words that define you. It's your actions. Great words from Tim Alders. Tim, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. Tim Alders. Check him out at timalders.com. And, uh, again, we'll have to, I think we might have to have Tim back sometime. Thank you, Tim. Time now for news here on KDXU. Uh, tomorrow, Mayor Michelle Randall will be on the program. Looking forward to it.